Lights, camera, action. Hello. Hi. How are you? How you doing? Uh, considering okay. <laughs> Let's get there. Good to hear. <laughs> Where are you guys? You guys are in yeah. London? Uh, no, we're, we're uh, like southwest of England. Where? No, we are in lockdown. <laughs> oh, I thought you said in London, sorry. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're in a national lockdown. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I do a podcast called The Future of Photography. Oh, really? And, yeah, and... and um, one of our guys is, you know, outside of London. The other is in Ireland, and uh, the other is in Germany. But <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but here uh, we don't have a national lockdown, so it's even more fucked up. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which do you think have... you prefer? Would you prefer to be in lockdown, or would you prefer? I'm to... in a lockdown. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually would prefer to have a lockdown that people actually lock themselves down for a month or so and yeah. get this fucking thing under control because yeah. but I you know personally we're pretty locked down for around seven months so yeah well that's what community. we would talk about um sports every week and then everything got shut down so we switched to talking about movies which is how we've got here we started kind of ahead of time going through our favorite christmas films and obviously no one better to speak to than uh, yourself who's behind one of them okay well uh let's go yeah let's go. I mean, the, the first thing we wondered was how tough it is kind of making a christmas movie because you've obviously got so many boxes you kind of have to check to make it a christmas movie but also not do the same thing that's been done a hundred thousand times before that people aren't going to be interested by? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm, an, I was not then uh, analytical in the slightest, uh, and I'll explain why. Um, first of all, the script, which John Hughes wrote um, and, and was kind of still actively writing as we were kind of moving through the pre-production period and the, um, you, you know, the, the kind of pre-pre-production period and the pre-production period. Um, so it was based on a uh, short story that he did for the Lampoon. I think it was called Christmas 57, I think. Uh, Christmas 50 something. And, and it was a standalone short story. I don't know if you, you could track it down and read it, but it, it was about, um, you know, someone who has uh, intense hopes and dreams to make the greatest, you know, event holiday possible, and in so doing, destroys yeah. <laughs> his family and uh, uh, blow back around the neighborhood and world. So it was, you know, it's a really, really fun, uh, very relatable story, and and it's not necessarily one that you can um, ascribe only to Christmas. I mean, it could be any event, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? A wedding, a dinner party, 
just anything that that people in fact i i'm um currently developing a, a series on people who have um their dreams crushed uh, but refuse to acknowledge <laughs> what's really <laughs> happening and and in so doing uh, upset a kind of a, a, a litany of problems so that the, the kind of root story was not really uh, predicated on attaching to Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Uh, number two, um, I consciously decided not to watch the first two movies before I made this. So I didn't go into it as a director. Maybe it was more of my ego. You know what I mean? I didn't want to be yeah. like, can I have samosa? You know, it, it, it was really whole. I think I was thinking as well from the takeaway from all of this is from watching it as a kid to then now being an adult and watching it again, you see it from two completely different perspectives. Well, it's interesting, yes. By the way, me too, because yeah. remember, only recently have I seen the movie uh, in a theater. Yeah. Um, since it opened, like I, the night it opened was the last time I, I looked at it for 20 years. And then uh, there was a screening at the um, Cinematheque here, maybe six or seven years ago mm -hmm. uh, with a Q and A. Um, and then I didn't really see it until it reopened in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this last season uh, for two or three weeks. Brilliant. And I went. I went with my granddaughter, which was <laughs> 67, right? And it was a blast to see it. Like, I, I just sat in the theater, you know, but weirdly, people recognized me uh, after the film was over and people started to come over and awesome. uh, so that was kind of bizarre it was just at Universal and my granddaughter was, was very impressed she was very impressed <laughs> I'm sure. anyway but the perspective was different but just to answer your question about the kind of connection to Christmas itself yeah. I didn't look at the at the first two movies because I really wanted to approach it as a standalone film and, and so I just went into it, just making my own kind of decisions and not really being influenced. And the studio was certainly behind uh, those decisions. And most important, John Hughes was really uh, behind me. Um, and uh, it was my first movie. So um, having the wind um, in my back was very, very helpful in just, you know, assuming a cer certain confidence on set. Um, you know, before that I had, you know, I had quite a, a run as a commercial director. So being on a, a set and I was um, making, you know, at the time, big, big, big commercials. Mm -hmm. um, so it was not an unusual feeling, that, you know, just to manage a situation like that. The, the difference was, you know, I had a studio on one hand, uh, Hughes on the other, um, very, very helpful cast uh, for the most part, <laughs> for the most part. I'm sure there's a few stories there to be told. <laughs> well, I've, I've told the story, you know, uh, you know, there, there was a certain actress 
<laughs> and we we butted heads, um, you know, Beverly and I, uh, for most of the making of the movie. Um, I think she was kind of resentful that she wanted to be in it at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm super fond of her. I, you know, since then we ran into each other, and then we did the some anniversary um, kind of behind the scenes DVD recording. And I, the most fun I had was with her. I mean, we yeah. just had a blast. So, you know, we both moved on from there. But I, I wasn't really intimidated by it because I thought if you're going to direct a movie, you got to deal with all kinds yeah. of bullshit. So yeah. uh, there, I, there I went. But the decisions I made aesthetically to Christmas was really just one that I applied a sort of a, a, an, a, a classicist approach. Um, I did want to make a movie for the ages, though God knows uh, what hubris I had. I mean, it's only, I think, by luck and serendipity that it turned out that way. But, but I did try to make decisions that didn't feel cool, hip, you know, that kind of visual, like going to the, the now. Yeah. And, and, and which was difficult for me because I was known as a commercial director who was kind of like, using all of the kind of latest cool toys, long lens, flattened, high cutting pace, all of that. And I purposely slowed it way down. Yeah. Studied my predecessors of, you know, Leo McCary and Billy Wilder and uh, Howard Hawks um, and Preston Sturges. Uh, and, and they really inspired me to approach a comedy in a serious way. Yeah, so. I think that's the best thing about it is that like we said earlier about completely different perspectives from a child's view, from an adult view, but it's just a family's view of Christmas, of all the trials and tribulations that everyone can relate to. And that's what makes it so timeless, I feel, because you can just you can see that like parents these days are exactly in the same boat as, yeah. um, as they were about as the Grizzles were. So yeah. it's now it's going to be really tragic because you're going to watch yeah. it this year. This is what like, it used to be like. <laughs> that's right. Remember when people came over and yeah. decorated the tree and all these people, you know, by themselves having their tea. Yeah, you know, exactly that. Gearing up for frozen, that frozen turkey dinners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things we noticed was the fact that you don't see Christmas Day in this. Was that like a conscious thing or was that tying in with what you said with um, it could be standalone there as well? Like you've already seen yeah. everything. You've had the ups and downs. You don't really need to see any more. I, I thought so. You know what I mean? Again, it's a tribute more to John. That's how he wanted to structure it. I loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really the buildup because often yeah. in our own lives, you guys are younger than me, but you'll you'll see you'll have a lot of your dreams crushed, uh, and <laughs> maybe a few of them realized uh, it could be good. But but what happens is the sense of expectation is always really uh, enjoyable. Uh, on our podcast, yeah. which we recorded yesterday, um, Adrian was talking about one of the most exciting times for a photographer is when you've ordered your new camera but you haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the anticipation of it all, isn't it? Exactly. So, so I, that really energizes uh, a lot of the conceits 
and presuppositions of the kind of dynamic tensions within it. Yeah. I think that makes loads of sense because Christmas is always kind of, right, we need to get all the presents, we need to get all the decorations, we need to get everything out, everything perfect. And then one Christmas day comes, it's kind of like, right, Made it. For a bit. let's just enjoy <laughs> it. Kind of and that kind of comes across perfectly, I feel, from the film, which is great. Yeah. I mean, the opposite of being chilled out, I suppose, you've got the scene with uh, the cat being fried, essentially. And I thought that could have gone either way, especially if it was done now, with some people would write off a whole film just because of that one scene. So <laughs> was there ever any thinking about that, whether to keep it in, or was it always going to be like a big set piece there and got to have it in? Highly controversial. Uh, <laughs> your, 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 your question is uh, controversial uh, or requires a controversial answer. <laughs> Um, it was, you know, it was something that we didn't really pay that much attention to in the, um, in the script. I mean, it was there and it was just yeah. another day of shooting. You know, I figured out how to do it. All good. Seemed funny. Um, didn't seem as funny as it turned out, which is really funny. <laughs> and, and I'll get to that in a moment. But, so I, um, before. Before we went, the studio had got cold feet. They did, yeah. right? And they uh, they encouraged me to remove it from the uh, from the you know the show, and I did not yeah. want to do it. I thought it was funny, and uh, yeah. one thing that I've learned: never cut funny. Yeah, yeah. you can cut a lot of things, but don't cut funny. So yeah. uh, it was in. I said, you know, we'll shoot it. We'll see how it goes. Um, they kind of said, well, I don't know, you know, and I said, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you really want, want to do it, phone John Hughes, who at that time was in Chicago directing Uncle Buck, I think, <laughs> as memory, I forget, but because uh, he had left me on my own to uh, stumble, and um, which was great. So I phoned John. I said, the studio is going to call you uh, to do X, Y, and Z. Do not take the call. <laughs> 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 so they, of course, did it. Of course, he was like so great like that, right? And whenever I'd be on the phone in the conversation with them, I said, well, you did check with John, right? Like, I'm, I'm really easy to work with. I'll cut it. As long as John is coming from John, I'm good. <laughs> Of course, John, don't do this, right? Anyway, <laughs> so we left it in, I shot it. Uh, and then we did the, you know, the ADR. You know, the, the sound of the cat frying, the that, yeah. that sound, that was me in ADR. I, I made that <laughs> I, I got to the mic, I, I said, no, I, I hear something very specific. Okay, we go to preview it. They want it out, they want it out, right? And I'm sitting next to the head of the studio and uh, scene starts to play. Cat gets fried, huge reaction from the crowd. You don't know yeah. if it's going like, whoa, bad or whoa. <laughs> but it provokes sort of a big audible in the uh, theater. And the studio is like, let's do a cut for our next preview without it. So they read the cards, right? Mm -hmm. Favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. Number one. It's all cat right. <laughs> yeah. That so that was it. We never took it out. Yeah. 
And we never really got any blowback because it's funny. It's yeah. funny. I mean, how many people, how many animal lovers, of which I count myself one, is like, God, don't gnaw on an electrical cord. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was that story. Another story we read was uh, during the scene where Clark's ranting about his uh, boss and he's reeling off kind of every day under the sun was that you had the cast behind the camera with um, words around their necks so he could ad-lib. Was that your idea, something you came up with? Because I think it was, true. yes. I think we needed <laughs> cue cards because it was a litany. And by the way, I just saw on the web somebody selling a coffee mug with the entire speech etched on it. <laughs> Brilliant. Anyway, um, it, it, was, it was so well written, again, a tribute to John. Um, and it was like several, like maybe at least a couple of pages of dialogue. And, and I really wanted it to, to go without a breath. I didn't want the kind of actory things where, you know, sometimes you notice we go like, are you talking to me? Are you, is that me you're thinking? And they'll repeat stuff in name or in trial of, of kind of naturalism, but it's not. It's, them catching up to the next sequence of words. And, and um, so uh, I needed cue cards, but I didn't want him to be like that. So yeah. the natural way was just <laughs> to put them all over the place. We needed room for the camera to kind of adjust. And we had a big scene there, remember, on the reverse. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's how that transpired. Uh, it was pretty fun. Um, and uh, of course, he did it. Phenomenal, you know. Awesome, was that one that took a while to get right with plenty of takes of him reeling that off or was it? I don't think so. No, no. not when you have that many cue cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and you, you know your lines, you just want to yeah. kind of be on yeah. it, um, you know. You also read that uh, when he's in bed reading the magazine, that's uh, you on the cover, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> 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 Was that, was that your idea or that someone, that someone just comes up with and go along with it? It was like, we need something for the cover of People magazine. And it's like, oh, how, you know what I mean? It was one of those last minute, maybe the, the day got moved up. Nobody really, it's like, uh, this is my Hitchcockian uh, moment yeah. in my own movie. Is it tough to shoot a film where you've got kind of so many moving parts in such a small place because you've got, this massive family all in the house. And as much as the lines, you've got each person's reactions. And so is that tough to get right in terms of knowing exactly what you want to do there? It's brutal. Yeah. I, I think it's actually, there are two things that are, you know, and speaking to so many of my colleagues over the years, you know, I, I would identify the, the two most difficult scenes technically, where you wake up in the morning and you're like, this is not going to be fun. This is <laughs> yeah. uh, two people facing each other with very little dialogue and a lot to accomplish. Th those require an intense amount of trust between the director and the actors, between the actors and themselves, the, the tone, the mood of the set, how the camera moves to instill the subtext. So this is like the most subtle dynamic that you can achieve. And when I teach directing sometimes, it's one of the first assignments that I give out is, I just put 
two actors in front of, of uh, a young director. And I just give, you know, I just say, these two have come from their parents' funeral and are just seated at a cafe an hour later and there are no words and let's make a scene of a minute. And so they're like, what? And you, you have an hour to do it, right? And so that would be lesson one. And it's like, you see the whites of their eyes. And, yeah. um, but the second one is where you have basically the entire population of Chicago sitting around a, a table. <laughs> the technical demands in terms of eyelines, coverage, reactions to who uh, becomes uh, somewhat of a mathematical, aesthetic, um, problem to solve. You've got to be ultra prepared for mm -hmm. how that works. Uh, if you add to that uh, the regulations and laws about working with children uh, who can only work for X amount of hours, All right. you're working with people who are aged, they get tired yeah. earlier. So you want yeah. to, when you're dealing with number one and two and three on the call sheet, they want to go home faster. So they want their coverage earlier. Um, when you're working with animals, you know, uh, animals yeah. get bored. They, yeah. they do, you know, when they do the same trick over and over again, it's like, I'm not doing this for a cookie. I'm completely <laughs> full and I don't want to do it anymore. But, you know, so you always got to keep them active. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it's, it's, it's very, you know, the, the, I want to say that the the dinner scene took well over a week to shoot. Yeah, it was it was it was long, and and some of those scenes in you know in the living room, you know, especially where you have twelve, thirteen people in a scene, everybody with dialogue and coverage and whatnot. It's uh, yeah, it, it was challenging, and those came early on the studio portion of the uh, of the shoot. Um, so there was, uh, you know, I, I had my hands full there. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like it. Yeah, I mean, it feels like yesterday. Honestly, it feels like yesterday. Uh, my muscle memory of like being on set there. Also, I had big fights with Beverly at those days too. So <laughs> yeah. it, it, there was a lot of tension, but I had a lot of support from from everyone and my crew. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wasn't feeling, and I'm, you know, I'm not intimidated. So it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm ready to be the director and if yeah. I cannot be, I'd rather leave the show, so. Yeah. What was um, Chevy Chase like to work with? Sorry, Jack, because obviously he's very, very big star then just going through his IMDB. So was that, yeah, was that a fun experience? Probably, yeah, he was at the top of his uh, stardom, I guess. Yeah. Uh, how was he? I mean, he wanted me to do the movie, so obviously he was. Um, yeah. Uh, he was very, very good with me. When, when things started to turn south with Beverly, um, they he started to defend me to her in a way that was super aggressive to the point where I had to separate. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is interesting. I think they're doing a little bit some screenings around the Northeast. The two of them. You know what I mean? So that people are buying tickets as being the movie and, the, and can converse with both of them. Uh, so a lot of that has gone away. Uh, but it was there was a lot of, of dramatic tension offset uh, for certain scenes. The Shitter's Full scene in particular, um, you know, because I shot them different. I was certainly shooting Randy, uh, Randy's part 
uh, staged. And then when I shot them inside, this was at the height of their, and, and uh, you know, I, I can barely watch that scene, which Beverly is so good in it because they were literally at each other's throats through the kind of final touch-ups and whatnot. And when I would call action, they both were like, yeah. hey, Clark, don't you, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, so that's a tribute to their professionalism, both yeah. of them, I love them. In retrospect, I wouldn't have had it any other way since I think it contributed to um, to the grounding that I wanted in the film. You know, uh, if I had to make a choice between funny and emotional, I'd always go for emotional because there was enough jokes. It's not that I would cut the funny, but I would lean into the emotional yeah. because I knew that if the audience was truly uh, involved, as absurd as it was, in the plight of of the kind of father, yeah. uh, then I knew I had the audience. And if I didn't, it would be fun and hilarious, like so many comedies we see. And then you're walking out of the theaters or whatnot, and you go like Indian or Chinese, what do you feel like? You know what I mean? And like, so I wanted it to have a more resonant feel. Uh, yeah. A lot of decisions were made based on that. And that kind of like emotional side of thing that you just spoke about there is what I was going to ask you is which emotionally do you kind of identify with in the film? Is there any like a moment in the film with Chuck where you think that's happened to me plenty of times at Christmas, but I just wish it. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the two scenes that I feel I I got the audience by the throat and I never let go. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that out of ego. I, I'm just saying in watching the previews, because yeah. I'm, I'm going back where I just thought I'm dead. I'm never going to direct another movie. The movie's going to fail. This is while I'm watching it next to the This is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're laughing now, but wait, they'll turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and, but there was a mo two moments in it. The first moment was Chevy in the attic uh, watching old movies, um, all dressed, trapped there and, and freezing, just alone with, with that song. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that scene, it's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, mm -hmm. I loved shooting it, I loved choosing the film. I, I shot the film right, the old film, you know, yeah. that was fun. Uh, I love the classic payoff, you know, the drop down. So, but I knew that, that at that moment, him alone with his connection to the past, that's a universal. Yeah. And so that, that in, I, I just love doing that. And, and, and I think it, it's sentimental, but I don't think too saccharine because it pays off with a punch. The other scene where I knew I had, that this is the scene during the screening of the movie that I, the head of the studio, Bob Daly uh, at the time, turned to me, I turned to him, where we looked at each other and he nodded and it was like, the movie's gonna be a hit. Like yeah. he just knew after that scene. And that's the scene where Chevy has tried to plug in the lights several times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he makes a very big fanfare and he throws the plug together 
and nothing happens. And can, yeah. sitting in the audience of say 400 people, everybody went, oh. <laughs> Which is very unusual for a comedy. Yeah. Not yes, laugh. They didn't laugh. They yeah. went, oh. And that moment I knew, oh my God, they feel for him. Yeah. <laughs> it was not practice. It just happened spontaneously, but the audience was with him. And that's when I knew. That that's when I first relaxed and was able to kind of look at the, the film and, and read it because before, you know, I was just so fucking petrified. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, it's your first film, you're sitting, yeah. you know, between the two heads of the studio watching yeah. the audience decide whether you live or <laughs> die. <laughs> and then I knew I would live. So oh, yeah. those are the two scenes that that's... Yeah. I think that's as like a Christmas light scene where we've all seen our dads spend all day putting the lights up outside and you just know it's like the fear inside you that you just don't want it to go wrong because you know <laughs> afterwards it's just not going to be worth it and I think that is just perfectly encapsulated in that scene yeah I mean it gives me joy that you got like how old are you guys 26 26 okay you know like you have no idea how how um you know how how happy I am that that so many generations mm -hmm. since I made the film know the film yeah. all over the world. Like if I'm in a taxi in like the Middle East and like somebody you know is trying to figure out what I've done and yeah. movies. Oh yeah, what movies? Are, well, yeah. I don't know if you heard of Christmas. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm talking like Muslim families, right? Like, yeah. you know, we love this movie, right? Because, yeah. you know, it's the same, yeah. you know, with different holidays. So, um, it, you know, and again, you, you hope for that kind of, uh, of classicism, but it's so rare that it happens. Yes. You know, I yeah. did, I was lucky because I made Benny and June and that also has a resonant um you know afterlife that is you know still infecting young girls even now so, yeah. um but but uh you know the, the, again a lot a lot of it is the luck of the draw and you know what, what what you know i don't know i don't know what it is i mean i guess if everybody knew everybody would be an expert yeah. and every movie would be it just uh, just finally i wondered if we take um your film out of it if you have a favorite christmas film that uh you go to e each year yourself yeah bad santa nice. <laughs> we spoke with um the billy the, bob movie right yeah we spoke with uh, the kid from it uh, a couple oh, of yeah, weeks yeah. back. <laughs> for me Great that's film. my that is definitely my favorite christmas movie do you ever go back to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, though, and I suppose obviously, no, you've answered that already, but I would have assumed that you'd all gather around to watch it every year because it's it's on pretty much everyone's must watch at the Christmas period that that has to go on in the run up to Christmas. Everyone to... does. It plays constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm often asked for interviews uh, like this to, you know, yeah. tell tales yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, I, I tend not to look at my own work. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's very, 
it's very hard to look at your work and not remember the day, like for me, everything that happened that day, yeah. Yeah. how I was feeling, what was going on behind the scene. And that's how, when I watched it with my granddaughter, it was really one of the very first times really? that I was able to see the movie um, uh, objectively. Yeah. You know, yeah. without really thinking of that, because I was so watching her reaction and, and, and the yeah. film and, you know, so that, that but, you know, I'm always thinking about what I'm doing next or what stories yeah. to tell. And, you know, it's increasingly right now, the last two years have been very, very difficult in terms of, yeah. you know, the writing is good. You have plenty of time to write, but, but uh, production is, you know. Yeah. Especially now, especially now. Hard, yeah. I mean, I have projects that are just in stasis. They're just waiting to get green lit. Yeah. You know, so it's safe to shoot. And uh, even if they were greenlit today, I'm like, well, I don't know if I could go and travel and do this. Yeah, yeah of course. Some of my colleagues well, are doing it, but it's yeah. still very risky. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for giving us so much of your time today. We really yeah. appreciate it. And, thank you so much. Uh, I hope you have a good Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Won't be hanging any lights this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't want to attract out. any COVID bugs. Yeah, no. <laughs> definitely not. Well, you guys stay safe and uh, keep the faith. That's good. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you Thank too. You. Take care. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.